0: Hey everyone, it's Henry, Mike, and Jeff of The Decentralists, and welcome to our short form podcast called Game Changers. In Game Changers, we explore novel, cutting-edge ideas and approaches pertaining to the internet, social media, and of course, decentralism. This week, we've got a very special guest, Ali Farabakish. Now, Ali Farabakesh is a Master of Applied Science student at the University of British Columbia. He has dual degrees in electrical engineering and mathematics with a broad range of research interests, including communication networks, information theory, and distributed systems. Recently, Ali began to gradually add quantum information theory to this impressive list, Ali is trying to use insights from different fields to build better and more understandable systems. Now, he doesn't restrict himself to theoretical or practical projects only, as he believes that blending both approaches is far more productive. This past summer, Ali was a research intern with the Peer Social Foundation, the nonprofit division of ManyOne, designing a new model for purpose built blockchains based on delivering a true, self sovereign digital identity with consensus. Now, Ali's final research report, Self-Sovereign Identity Based on Blockchain, a Design Roadmap, is available for viewing and download from the Peer Social and many one websites under a new content category we called Ideas. Ali, welcome to The Decentralists. Uh, Hi, Henry. Uh, It's actually great to be here with you guys. Thank you for taking the time. Now, Ali, you're not just you know, your average master's student. You're also a member of the blockchain program at UBC. Whatever got you interested in blockchain, Ali? Well, you know, the main reason for my interest in
1: blockchain is the fact that it is a very modern and disruptive technology, mm-hmm. and it touches upon many aspects of our daily lives. So uh, in this sense, I believe that it is the next big thing after the internet. So uh, the internet helped humans to gather next to each other, disregarding physical distances. And now blockchain helps us address fundamental issues about establishing the truth in such a virtual gathering. Hmm. Now, we've had systems for such tasks for roughly the past 50 years, but almost all of them were dealing with closed groups of entities. Uh So the main breakthrough of blockchains, which make it quite interesting, is the fact that they actually allow globally dispersed entities to work together without trusting each other. This is quite amazing stuff and I'm thrilled to be a part of it.
2: What do you think about the fact that blockchain for many people is just so tightly tied to Bitcoin when when in reality the notion of a of a secured distributed ledger has you know almost infinite uses but Whenever you say blockchain, any book you buy about blockchain, it's all just about getting rich from Bitcoin. Yeah, crypto. How um, mm-hmm. you know, crypto this, crypto that. Do you do you feel that that's been helpful in just getting that term out, though, or, or it's it's been a hindrance that everyone just assumes you're some scammer trying to sell <laughs> cryptocurrency?
1: I believe that it can be both a hindrance and a blessing at the same time. So some of the ideas in the blockchain field uh, initiated directly from the cryptocurrency uh, field and mainly from Bitcoin. Hmm. And so Bitcoin opened the door that uh, we weren't able to open before that. And also since it deals with cryptocurrencies and money, which is maybe one of the most important assets that we have globally, it kind of helped people to understand the necessity of having such a system but um, at the end of the day I agree with you with the fact that it is kind of it is also kind of a hindrance to understanding the real potential of, we, what, of what we can achieve with uh, blockchain in general. Right so Ali I
3: remember when we you know we had our first call and you were looking at, at, at an internship to work on blockchain and all of this other good stuff and one of the ideas that we talked about was this you know to follow on to, to, to Jeff's point you know, a lot of the focus that happens in this blockchain distributed ledger type space is tied to these tokens, right? And these tokens were kind of as initially brought up as a reward mechanism for people operating these systems that helped guarantee the truth, right? And and one of the things that I talked to you about was this idea that what other implications could you have on something like an identity system where identity is something that is based on a fundamental kind of acceptance of truth right i mean if i'm going to share my identity with an entity a person or a business that identity by virtue of me sharing it with somebody technically means i trust that person and i remember that being a little bit of a flip so when you started your research you know this summer with the Peer Social Foundation and many one, what were you hoping to discover about blockchain that you maybe had a misconception of before?
1: Well, as soon as I got aware of the general direction many one was aiming at, um, I felt that there was some non-trivial relationship between how we treat identity in the modern digital world and um, decentralization fabric like blockchains. Right. So this issue was interesting enough for me to be dragged into it. and And once I started reading about it, I understood that. My initial guess was actually right, and there is a significant amount of work in this area. This is actually how I got familiar with the notion of self sovereign identity, in which uh, you just give all the control and ownership of identity and identifiers to the owners of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, naturally, coming from an engineering background, I started to ask questions about the extent to which we can push the boundaries of the existing solutions for self sovereign identity using blockchains. And, and this is how actually uh, we together uh, arrived at this consensus that we can think of an open, globally managed blockchain. And uh, this is an issue which is not well addressed in the current state of the art. So Correct. most of the existing systems have closed groups which are actually in charge of uh, maintaining the blockchain. Right. And uh, this is not very good when you yeah, think of it as a big picture. Yeah, it's
3: like centralizing decentralization.
1: Yeah, you can think of it like that. Right.
3: Let's let's look a little bit at the results. So when you start, you you know, you wrote an awesome paper, by the way, and I encourage everybody, you know, who's got any interest in in blockchain, especially somebody who's technical to download it and read it. But what did you what was the key kind of um, finding of your research? You know, as you started to delve into this, how could self sovereign identity be kind of more, say, properly handled with blockchain tech?
1: Well, I believe that the results of our research are twofold. Uh, first of all, we were able to pinpoint the main design choices and challenges in creating such a global self-sovereign identity system on a blockchain. So we kind of realized that it's feasible and mm-hmm. we can really think of such a system. This helped us to have an initial sketch which can be used to delve into more detail and to design and implement an actual system. Um, the second result is more of an observation. Uh, we realized that the notion of self-sovereignty is emerging in different fields with slightly different flavors. Uh, this pushed us to ask whether we can find a more fundamental notion of self-sovereignty that can be used as a basis for uh, for all of these different directions. And for instance, we have the notions of data sovereignty and identity sovereignty. Maybe we can look at these two as manifestations of the same concept.
3: For sure. All right, Ali, so... Somebody who wants to read your paper, downloads it, gets an, gets an introduction, okay, to a little taste of your idea of self-sovereign identity on a blockchain, where do you see the research going in future iterations as you continue and other folks maybe contribute to your research? So where do, where do, we, where do we expand this idea that you've kind of come up with for, the, for self-sovereign identity structures on a blockchain?
1: Um, I believe our next step is to use the initial sketch of our summer research uh, in order to take one more step towards an actual global blockchain designed for self-sovereign identity. So I believe that we have to move towards a, a prototype mm-hmm. and implementation which we can work with and and see um, you know the the hidden problems and challenges of designing such a global system.
3: Right, and so what did you discover when you were doing your investigation? And this is, you know, um, maybe, maybe, maybe too early to answer. But what were the primary differences between, let's say, a typical blockchain? And when I say typical, let's let's keep it to the ones that people may understand, Bitcoin or an Ethereum, right? And this idea of self-sovereign identity on the blockchain. Like, what would be the different way to handle consensus and/or the way it works, right? Because I think you spoke to the governing mechanism. You know, you have all the miners and the developers in Ethereum and Bitcoin and they kind of make decisions as to when you fork things or don't or whatever. And sometimes it can be a messy process. How does it differ in your perceived future of a self-sovereign uh,
1: identity on a blockchain? It is not different from the existing uh, uh, known blockchains. It is more of a uh, you know, combination of their strengths. So we have a system that is global, so it has to be scalable. Uh, We need it to be open, you know, uh, we don't want it to be controlled by a centralized group of miners, as it's been done in the current self-sovereign identity systems based on blockchains. Right. And so, yes, we need it to be global and open like Bitcoin is in simple terms. Uh, We need it to be scalable, which is a uh, a hot issue in blockchain research nowadays, even for Bitcoin and Ethereum. And uh, we need it to be, uh, you know, uh, verifiable. And uh, all of these stuff are actually important aspects of uh, many current blockchains. And our system, since it deals with uh, such an important thing, uh, which is identity, so we need it to actually have all of these good uh, uh, properties. And that's why we kind of have to take the best from all the existing
0: systems. Right. You know, Ali, I'd like to ask a fundamental question. Ali, as an expert, what is the difference between the blockchain that you talk about and a distributed ledger?
1: There aren't any necessary differences. So it it actually depends on how we decide to look at it uh, moving forward. So basically, uh, the consensus mechanisms may be different. Uh, so, uh, the tokenization or let's say the incentives involved in the system may be different because blockchains are usually more suitable for tokens and, 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 uh, it's kind of vague to talk about it right now. So uh, yeah, we have to delve into more detail to talk about that.
0: Okay. No, I get it. I get it. But the fact is they're very, very closely related and it's, it's a question of, of the type that you require for a particular job, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
2: And also i would add the degree to which you know coming back to this bitcoin world the degree to which you need you know the computational power of iceland in order to you know in in order to mine these things which which doesn't necessarily apply here which is you know which is also kind of the the black mark which is perhaps on blockchain a little bit as people automatically assume that it you know eats you know gigawatts of power and And generates all this heat and all this stuff, which isn't necessarily what you're talking about here when you're talking about a a distributed ledger for self sovereign identity.
1: Exactly. You know, even the data structure uh, can be different. So it may turn out that we don't actually need uh, blocks to be chained together. Right. Mm -hmm. And and we can maybe, you know, yeah, leverage the properties of the system that we're working with, which is identity, in order to have a, a more uh, sophisticated approach to the problem, but nonetheless, blockchains can also be used.
3: Right. Well, you know, and I think if I was to say, Ali, you know, the the you know we've been we've been kind of mavericks at this whole thing, approaching identity from a different perspective, even as you pointed out, self-sovereign identity from a different perspective. And I, I'm really I'm really excited about the opportunity to bring uh, something, the same type of approach to blockchain right because the when i look at the landscape of the blockchain world and the kind of the distributed computing world there's lots of people doing great things to enable us to move these technologies and processes to the edge right which is great and gives the average user more control but i think it still needs to go further and that is to some kind of model that you've proposed which is to Somehow figure out a way where the consensus, if it's necessary to validate and guarantee, you know, kind of the results of the, of what's stored and the information stored on a blockchain, that that consensus gets determined by the people that use the blockchain versus the people that provide the computing power to make it happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. I see your point. Makes a lot of sense. I want to thank you for joining us on Game Changers today hearing from your perspective which is just a little bit more um let's just say academic than ours it's really opened my mind certainly thank you so much ali oh well thank you it was it was an honor to be here with you guys
1: thanks ali thanks ali i enjoyed it goodbye